You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Balbakani here with The Express. Could WWE Crown Jewel be one of the best shows of the year? Here to disagree with me is Daniel Shahori. How's it going, Daniel? Good, my friend. I don't look. They've they've at least put uh, a lot of effort into this card, which is you can't say that about all their shows. So maybe it is. Maybe it will be. This is the thing, Dan. I'm looking at this and it it used to be that these shows in Saudi were non-canon, but clearly money solves everything. Because this is a very, very canon show to the point which the draft mm-hmm. picks that happened many, many weeks ago, they're not taking effect until the day after the show, assuming nobody gets stuck on the tarmac. So WWE has basically built, and it's probably more of a coincidence of season premieres and just things just lining up and their weird world of having a draft right before Survivor Series, which makes no sense. But these things have just kind of fallen into place. And I don't think it's by design, but they've clearly put a lot of, I, I don't want to say thought, and I don't even know if effort is the right word. They have not completely screwed this up, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's hard to recognize when WWE puts thought or effort into anything, because it, it's almost like, is this happening by accident? Because it's the rest of the year, they often fail to do so. Uh, very much feels that way. So let's start out with the main event, which will be the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, Versus Brock Lesnar, I assume Paul Heyman will just be in a cage hovering above the ring. That's unfortunately (laughs) not the stipulation. But this is very, very interesting, Dan. You have Brock Lesnar as a free agent. So, you know, in a perfect world where Drew McIntyre could potentially bring the WWE Championship to SmackDown, Brock could steal the title from Roman and show up on Raw. WWE, I don't think they have the cojotas to do something that big. But at least there's enough of a possibility, and I will give them credit. This storyline with Paul Heyman as this literal middleman is actually fairly intriguing. It's been, uh, in my opinion, the best storyline in WWE, uh, as it has been for the last year and a half. Every Anything that's revolving around Reigns and Heyman has been. Uh, so, sorry, the recap. You're suggesting, quite possibly, which I've never I hadn't concerned, uh, hadn't... Uh, I haven't thought about this, that maybe McIntyre takes one belt to SmackDown and Lesnar takes the other one to Raw. And that hadn't. uh, Okay, Uh, that would be. Well, now that you said that, that's that is a possibility. I hadn't I hadn't considered that. As we continue down the card, I think you will find it's less and less of a possibility. Mm -hmm. And it is me giving them more credit than they deserve. But it is interesting. But I guess, you know, what I would take away, I I think we both think more often, more likely than not, Roman Reigns will defend. But I think there's almost enough doubt. They could have done a little bit more to sow the seeds. I feel like, you know, you have Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce as these officials. I feel like if they had had a meeting with Brock, if they had tried to say, hey, look, if Drew McIntyre wins, we really hope you're champion. I think they could have done just a little bit more to make this a 50-50 prospect. I normally berate them for 50-50 booking, but in this case, when your biggest title is on the line and the uh, the draft hangs in the balance, it's it's sort of sad they didn't do a little bit more to make this more interesting, but you know, I think we'll take it. This is as good as you're going to get, my friend. Yes, it is. We, we continue to go down the card. The card is the opportune word. It does not get better as we go down for the most part, for the entirely part. Um, WWE champion Big E will face uh, Drew McIntyre, who has named himself Big D, 
because he's clearly a teenager. Uh, this is, as I mentioned, a chance for McIntyre to take the title to SmackDown. That's very optimistic of me, Dan. I, I actually think WWE has finally recognized the superstar they have in Big E. It took them way, way too long. You know, back to when he was a heavy for Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee. They finally figured it out. And I think Drew McIntyre is basically being set up to go to SmackDown and die at the feet of Roman Reigns. But they've made a nice little respect program out of this, which I've generally enjoyed, mainly because of McIntyre and Big E, as opposed to anything else. Okay, now you have me going the other way. So this match is negating what you just said about the possibilities of Drew taking up. No, I don't. I Big E should not be losing yeah. to anybody anytime soon. So probably... What you said was interesting earlier, but Drew right. taking that bells and go. But no, I don't see that. I don't see Big E losing. And then conversely, even if that does happen, I also don't see Big E necessarily beating Lesnar when he shows up with that belt. So probably Big E's just going to retain. Most likely. Um, and I give them credit. Uh, Big, I give Big E credit. He's overcome some of the, oh, I'm so happy to be opening Monday Night Raw garbage that McIntyre was fed as well. And he's managed to make it work. And I think that's really the key to Big E. It's a weird crime. Um, and mm -hmm. this is making this match good. Now, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Becky Lynch, who's on her way to Raw, defending against Bianca Belair, who's also on Raw, and Sasha Banks, who's on SmackDown. Now, Dan, I, I, I hate to ask for a spoiler, but I'm somewhat behind with all the AEW this weekend. I don't actually know if Bianca took the title from Charlotte. I would assume not. At this point, on Raw last night, no, they had a, a, a can I swear on the show? I don't remember. Yes, yes, they, have a, they had a fuck finish, but were they DQ at the end. So Charlotte still has the belt. Okay, so that's too bad because similar to what I was saying earlier, it was too bad. It was a good match. That would have been an angle, right? If Bianca had because the Raw Women's Championship is not on this show, and if Bianca, who's already going to Saudi, and I know there's enough loopholes to get women to go there, it's a problem. If she had had this title and the storyline could have been, well, if Sasha wins, she can take the title back to SmackDown. You don't have to do the stupid belt flip, which is bad enough with the tag team titles. God help you if you're going to do it with the women's world titles, which you're trying to portray as legitimate main event angles on Raw and SmackDown. But since that's not happening, I guess Becky Lynch retains. I guess I, this, this is a really confusing one. Uh, thank you for reminding me of who's going where because I lost track of that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought, because sorry, again, like uh, I, I just I already forgot. So Becky and Bianca stay on Raw. Yes. Or so, they're going to Raw uh, from SmackDown. So Sasha, Sasha is going to win Smackdown. this, right? Uh, well, then you have the problem of Sasha wins. And if Charlotte, who's going to SmackDown, has the Raw women's title, right. you have and both titles on smackdown but i guess you have a thread with the dumb thing you did last, last year when they yeah. right okay or the dumb thing they did last year when they just traded the belts well this is the thing if sasha wins you can't even trade the belts because then she's on the same show as charlotte so you have no one so all right they, they all right because you're right themselves into a corner becky lynch has to win okay. this match uh, i guess bianca could too and i guess if she trades the belts with Charlotte, it maybe puts a bit more fuel on a potential Survivor Series match, but that's not the match people want. People want Becky and Charlotte, or they want Sasha. And I, I just, they've written themselves into such a corner here where this match yes. is going to be 
if not entirely predictable, 33% predictable and disappointing no matter what. It's it's less predictable than it was like a week ago, but uh, and then you know there there was some rumors about a four way at Survivor Series for actually like unifying both belts, like a four way winner takes all. So we'll see if they actually have the cojones to do that. Yeah, I, do, I don't have a lot of hope. Uh, speaking of not having a lot of hope, Goldberg he's going to take the Bobby Lashley in a no holes barred match. Um, I give Bobby Lashley credit, at least on Raw leading into this, he alluded to the fact that Goldberg threatened him and that's against the law. And it's only through how much of a badass Bobby Lashley is that Goldberg's not in jail right now. So I'm glad they fixed their own problem, which they didn't need to have. Um, This needs to be short. Honestly, at this point, Dan, I never want to see Goldberg fight again. I don't care if The Undertaker came back. I don't care if Sting showed up. I don't care if AEW has money for him. This is so over, and he is so past his prime. I'm just, I couldn't care less. Well, you're going to see him again because he's got like at least two more matches on his contract. Oh, no. And I have a feeling just because uh, Gage is involved, the son, mm. not Nick Gage, but Gage Goldberg, I think Goldberg's going to win. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Uh Anyways, um, well, I, I didn't even want to talk about that. So let's move on to Edge and Seth Rollins. Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. This should be good, Dan. Yeah. I mean, I was... This is what Hell in a Cell should be for. And I'd be a lot more excited about this if there wasn't literally five Hell in a Cell matches this year in 2021. But this is what, instead of the pay-per-view Hell in a Cell, this is exactly the type of match that this warrants. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, I like it. It'll probably get a lot of time and I'm not sure who's going to go over because, you know, they, they both have a case to, to go over. So yeah, this should be a good one. Yeah. It's interesting in the sense that you could see either man, cause they're both going to raw emerging as a good challenger for Biggie to defeat. Mm-hmm. But I'm also worried that since they're going to raw, this could continue. And I think if we learned anything from Randy Orton and edge, you don't need three matches. Just, I would say you put Rollins over, Edge gets a nice little break, gets that Saudi money, can go chill out, and then you can do Rollins and Big E, and Edge can come back whenever he wants and challenge Big E, and everybody's happy. Like, you can do this in a way where everything works, and I kind of hope that's what they do. I hope you're right. We will see. Uh, The Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, will take on AJ Styles and almost for the 567th, I don't know how many Mm -hmm. times it's been, and uh, it was no shock that on Raw, when the Street Profits had a chance to look good on the new show, they um, just had almost an AJ interfere and beat up everyone. I guess to their credit, I do still giggle at a lot of the RK Bro stuff. I am still somewhat impressed with Omos. He's certainly putting in a lot of work for a guy who's very, very, you know, green. He's putting in some interesting moves. AJ is doing a great job mentoring him. So I'm not crazy about this, but it should be all right. It should be fine. I, I'm assuming RK Bro retains. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been hearing rumblings of them splitting AJ and Omos, mm. uh, which is, I don't think that's necessarily a good idea because I don't know what you're going to do with Omos on his own. Mm. Uh, but I don't think they're going to win those belts back. I mean, I, I would prefer 
Omos to mostly just stay as AJ's heavy. I, w- I would even like to have them turn. Like this could be a, a really good babyface act where, you know, AJ and his buddy, his big buddy, and mm. they take out heels. That's what they do. Yeah, I wonder if you can have AJ be something of a manager for almost and maybe push him into a U.S. intercontinental title situation. Way down the road, he needs a lot of work. But at least you could get a new mid-card star out of this if you're patient. But this is WWE, Dan. They're not going to be patient. The thing with with Omos is it's like, and we talked about this, I believe, last time on the show, is that you you can't beat him yet. When you beat him, somebody like this, the it, it all sort of fades away. Like characters like the great Kali, as soon as you beat them, as soon as Cena beat him that time, then everybody beat him. And then, he, he, then he, you know, eventually he was tagging with Santino Morella. Like this is what happens to characters like this when they're exposed. So in, in an ideal world, I would never have Omos put in a situation where he has to lose a match. Therefore, don't put a title around him because he, he, he needs to hold it for a very long, long, long time. Yeah, it's a good point. And speaking of winning streaks, Mansoor once won, what, 49 matches in a row? And then Vince McMahon saw him and said, I don't care. He is going to face Mustafa Ali. Now, look, uh, Mansoor is obviously from Saudi. Mansoor is a guy who's, you know, from Chicago and has a Pakistani background. This was already going to be a very easy sell to the hometown audience. I'm somewhat disappointed in myself that I didn't call this from a million miles away, but maybe I held out hope that they you would... did. Well, but maybe I was also holding out hope that they would get a tag team title shot. Yeah. And then you do the breakup at Saudi. I think that would have been. You called it. You th- I remember last time you thought that maybe they'd end up in the finals of the King of the Ring, but regardless, they're still facing each other. Yeah. And look, I, I, I guess we'll get to the King of the Ring. They're in a better situation with that tournament, at least on the men's side. I'm not so sure about the women's side. Nope. But nevertheless, uh, this will be a very good match on its own right. I, I actually like Mansoor a lot. I Me think too. it says something that all the criticism that goes against Saudi, fairly and unfairly, he's Teflon to it. Nobody sticks this guy or blames this guy for any of this. He is one of the best things to come out of this entire thing. Like, I, I, I It's difficult to project how much he's going to grow. Like, this could be it. He could just be a guy in the low to mid card who's very, very solid, very, very likable, and and that's it. And, and certainly Ali and others have put him over. But I guess what I'm getting at is, I think this will be very good. It will be good. I like both of these guys. But, you know, I mean, how much growth has Mansoor had since the last Saudi show? Not much. I mean, some. He has been featured more in 2021 for sure. But he hasn't moved up the card that much. I, I thought as well he'd either be, he would either go for King of the Ring or a tag title at this point. Yeah, and that's the key. You, you know, and this is the thing with NXT UK, which I know nobody but me watches, but at least you give a Rhea Ripley, a Kaylee Ray, a Pete Dunne, you give these people chances to be champions, and then you can bring them over with some mystique. And I, I'm not sure they're going to get there with Mansoor. And, it is a shame because as much, again, you can criticize this deal and rightfully so there's a potential to grow a market here, but you can only grow the market on the back of a star and you can't gender Mahal this. You have to legit build a guy cause it's not going to last. Um, speaking of building someone up, a dewdrop to my shock <laughs> is in the finals of the queen of the ring, the queen's crown. I hate saying that tournament way to make that unnecessarily awkward WWE. She's going to take on Selena Vega. 
I honestly, Dan, I was thinking we were going to get Tony Storm or mm-hmm. Liv Morgan against Shayna Baszler. And the sick, twisted part of me was kind of hoping Shayna Baszler would just end Liv Morgan's career. That would have been fairly entertaining. What we're getting instead um, is just simply not as good. I heard a stat this morning that up until this point, all the Queen's Crown tournament matches have accumulated into 13 minutes in total. This is what they think about this. And so what happens here? I'm, I don't know. Uh, maybe Vega is rewarded for signing a deal a few months back mm. that she came back to the company. Maybe this is how they thank her. But I, I kind of see Dewdrop being the queen. It's such a weird one, Dan, because this is a gimmick. It's a heel gimmick. Like with some exceptions, it's predominantly a heel gimmick. Bring yep. it to the men's final in a second, which is all face. So if you don't give it to Vega, and I'm sort of talking myself into both, like of all the people to win this, like Xavier Woods in a second is going to make the most sense. But I can sincerely see them building Selena Vega. I don't for the life of me understand why, because she lost, what, nine matches before winning a couple of matches to get into this final. And as for Dewdrop, maybe this propels her to Dewdrop the Dewdrop name and actually become Piper Niven, which... If they go in that direction as just using the queen of the re- the queen's crown tournament as a device to just reset this character only because of how stupidly they set up this character would be about the greatest thing they could do because this whole dewdrop thing is a complete joke but piper niven was a badass uh face monster on nxt uk who, you know, had these amazing matches, uh, again, with Kaylee Ray and others, and was very sympathetic and interesting. And if they somehow, and they're not going to do this, get back to that and just use it as a way to reset this character, it might actually be amazing, but I don't think they're going to do that. So Selena Vega will probably win. Yeah, when she's let go of her contract, she can go to AEW and and become that character again. But here, they've already made her say it on television that, you know what? The name was given to me, and now I like it. So the character in storyline has embraced the name Dewdrop. Yeah, it is. They're keeping uh, it. And at least they were smart enough to have Dewdrop drafted and Eva Marie not drafted. So at least they gave her somewhat of a push. Uh, Lastly, and this could to some extent steal the show, Finn Balor taking on Xavier Woods. This will be the King of the Ring finals. I would have very much, again, liked to have seen Kofi and Xavier in the semis. My God, how could they not do that match and just haul out Jinder Mahal again to just scare us, which I guess is a kind of heat, but incredibly cheap. And as soon as we got Sammy and Finn, I would have rather seen a Ray and Dominic semifinals. That would have been mm. quite oh, yeah, a They're not even on the show. Not a narrative story. And yet we get Finn. And when you get down to Finn and Sammy, well, Sammy's not exactly yeah i think the first guy you want to send to saudi so it became very clear that you were going to get balor and woods you know i guess you could go either way there's a lot of goodwill towards xavier Mm -hmm. there's a lot of momentum this seems to mean a lot to him and you know i love finn balor but this is his second push on the main roster and you know what we saw with him and roman reigns where he just evaporated after tripping on the top rope 
I just don't think they realistically want to rehabilitate him or you don't do that in the first place. So I hope Xavier Woods wins, but I'm pretty worried. I hope Xavier Woods wins as well, just because he, we know he wants it. We know that it's actually kind of important to him. And this was what scares me with this company is that <laughs> when, the, when you ask for something publicly, you, you know what happens. Like, oh, really? Is this what you want? Is this what you're asking for? You trying to force our hand? Well, King Balor, he's no longer a prince. He's King Balor, Demon King. Well, if he does come out as a demon, it, I, I, part of me will root for him more. So I will give mm-hmm. him, and, and I do want the demon character to be restored because it was pretty great until he had, it's I guess, a big God show. They, you and, might get the demon. Yeah, they've got the Saudi should, money. You should get the demon. You have the Saudi money, so anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I normally like to throw in some AEW, but I'm so behind on stuff in general. I'm afraid to do so. Um, but Full Gear, I believe, is around the corner, correct? About three weeks away. Okay. So we will do a full Full Gear, because it's not full enough. I'd say full again. It's not full yet. We'll do a full Full Gear preview. There will be no mention of WWE, except comparatively. Um, so we will give it its time. But I think we will leave Crown Jewel there. Um, good luck to anyone on our side of the world trying to organize your day around it um, and watching the pre-show at 11 a.m. Eastern. I will not be doing that, but that's what DVRs are for. Dan, thanks as always. Always great to catch up with you and chat a little wrestling. My pleasure, my friend. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 